Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Welcome to the A Show. Oh, ATM money, money, money. That was, that was, that was show. Thank you to Shade McMahon intro. Naughty by nature. Um, that's the intro. It's a March first edition, 2017. How are you? Recording early because I'll be uh, flying out to California this week. Uh, starting tomorrow, going to San Jose, LA, Anaheim. Uh, go follow the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, hockey team. That's Coming up for the uh, California road trip this week. Wow, Brian Boyle is coming to the Leafs. How exciting! I, I'm I'm actually shocked that they got him. Uh, don't want to make this into hockey talk, but man, uh, I the Leafs are still in playoff contention. I was uh, worried when I got the three tickets for three games this week. Um, if the Leafs would still be in or not when I got these a couple months ago, and then it seems like they're still going to be in this. So very exciting. I'm excited to see the. See the greatest team ever on the road. Uh, this is uh, well. Did I see them on the road this year yet? No, I haven't. So a great, great month, uh, I will say, for the Toronto sports. Brian Boyle is coming. Trade deadline is coming up this week, and then the Raptors also got Serge Ibaka and PJ Tucker. What with the trade deadline, all the Kyle Lowry was announced that he's going to be sitting out with the uh, injured wrist, right wrist, indefinitely. Hopefully to make a comeback by the playoffs. So. Anyways, I don't want to get way too, too, too into that. Uh, what I want to talk about today is uh, money, 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 and then the finance a little bit. So why? Well, uh, I originally recorded an episode about the stock picks a couple weeks ago, but then I decided not to release it. Um, so I'll dedicate this one to money and finance in general. So just to start off, uh. I got my tax return this month. I got it last week. Well, already, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm like Ned Flanders when it comes to taxes. I, I do them early as soon as I get the, what is it, W-2 form here in the U.S., you know, your wage summary for the year 2016. And then um, I generally get that, like, mid-January, end of January. And then um, as soon as I get it, I just file it. And then I get other papers like mortgage paper and all that at the end of the year uh, or in the New Year's. But this year I had to wait for, because I started investing in stock and all that, I had to wait for this other form called 1099, which all your uh, trade firm, whether it's Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, Trade King, whatever, they'll they'll give you the form. It's a consolidated form they'll give you. So I had to wait for that, which comes out mid-February. So why do I do it so early? Well, first of all, you know, there. if you don't know, there's been like a scam going on, you know, with the identity theft and all that, with the social security number that's been out there because the government doesn't know how to protect your identity. And then neither do you. You know, why Why are you surprised? Like you're putting all this shit on Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and everything. So how could you expect yourself to, pri- you know, protect even more sensitive information, although all these companies should. Anyway, so because of that, uh, the common scam is that the uh, one uh they file on your behalf using your social security number and then get your return way early, way ahead of you before the tax day, April 17th, 18th or whatever every year. And then also the other scam is like IRS calls you and says like, hey, you filed it wrong or something. And then call the grandmothers and you know, do the call, cold call stuff. But uh, 
I mostly want to prevent against that, so I file it as early as possible as soon as I get it. Also, I don't want to I want to get my return fast. So last year when I filed it, it was like January 31st. I got it like February 5th, four or five days later, and I was like, wow, hella fast. This is really good. And then this time it was about the same. So there was a holiday layover with the President's Day last week, but still it was about five business days. So I was like, yay. So I got my money, and then... You know, some people like to spend it on, like, new computer travel and all that. Yeah, definitely there's some, you know, spending there with all the travels that I've been doing the last few uh, six weeks or so. And then um, another travel that's coming up. But um, I I like to reinvest money. Like, the money the money's not going to grow by itself just sitting there. You got to make the money to do the work for you. And then it gives you the enough return, right? And then again, I said this many times, like, dude, how do you get to the 1% or whatever? 10%, 5%. You got to do, you got to invest stock, ETF, mutual fund. Fuck mutual funds, by the way. That's the biggest scam ever. Um, So I I will be the fund manager myself. So there's that. So uh, I've been, I'm a bit of an ADD. Well, I guess I'm an ADD, ADHD patient, undiagnosed. So um, I have a god-awful lot of distraction, you know, following the world, finance, just the happenings in general. So I think it, it greatly helps when it comes to looking at companies and all that. So what I'll do the next 20 minutes or so is just like pick companies and all that. But before going into it, uh, disclaimer, I'm a moron. I'm an idiot. I have no idea what I'm doing. I just go with what I feel and what I, you know, see and experience it's like a product or something. Or I walk into a store and I'd be like, all right, this store is actually pretty cool. So anyways, let's get down to it. I got about 10 10 picks or so. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with the name of the company and then go wholesale, buy, or whatever. That seems like a common thing. Uh, All right, first one, Snap Inc. Uh, They're not in the public uh, trade list yet in NASDAQ or New York Stock Exchange or anything. But they will probably go on Thursday. They already filed their... uh, papers and all that before they go initial public offering the common sense is that the uh common sense common thought right now is that uh, they're going to be worth at 22 billion dollars and then um how do you measure a company like this like do you do, do, like what do you do how, how do you evaluate oh first of all as a millennial i admit that i am you have to use a product so the closest biggest whatever indicator is the product itself which is a snapchat so I'm a huge Snapchat fan. I've talked about that uh, in past episodes before. However, I, I I don't know where the product is going. I think Instagram and Facebook, which I'll get to in a little bit too, has taken a lot of the ideas you know that Snapchat took with all the ephemeral messaging, imaging, and all that stuff. And then they got a lot of contents too, like the Wall Street Journal, ESPN, now this, Vice News, and all that stuff. Uh, but it feels like, uh, you know, that... Snapchat is becoming a little bloated a little bit. And then um, if you read the filings that they put in with the, uh, what is that thing? The SEC, S1 filing, they show you the that is the first time when a private company goes public and then gets the public money. It shows you what the revenues are, what the user numbers are, and then their main source of revenue, number of employees, executive, you know, the organizational chart and all that, which you don't see in a private company that's not publicly traded. Uh, some people have a lot of concern that uh, the current state of the company that's in is a lot like Twitter when they started. 
Um, so that's a bit of a red flag or yellow flag or warning sign if you want to call it. And the users are, I think, at like 300-something million. Their main focus is on international expansion. Granted, like, you know, like Snapchat is really popular in English-speaking countries like U.S., Canada, uh, some parts of Europe, South America, but not really in Asia. Uh, to be honest, Asia has a lot of products that are similar to Snapchat with the face filters and all that. And also Instagram is definitely a global product that Facebook is putting out there with WhatsApp and all those. So they're kind of taking the place that uh, Snapchat took a little bit. And also the concerning part is uh, the what I initially thought was like a partnership with the content providers, with the news and then the what is it, live stories they're giving through uh, Wall Street Journal, ESPN. Uh, Snapchat, Snap Inc. is actually paying a lot of money to these uh, publishers to post the stories, which was a little surprising. And also, another thing about Snap stock is like they don't have any voting power. So generally, what happens is that if they're publicly traded, you get like one vote for share or something. And then the owners have a special classes of stock like Class C or something that gets 10 votes a share. So you have more voting power. But they, none of the none of these stocks are gonna have voting power, and then they do that right off the bat. It's not like Google or Under Armour or something where they introduce these new types of new classes of stock later after the company grows, and then the valuation gets really high, and then they split the uh, stock price and all that just to give an image that you know these are affordable stocks that people can invest in. So, what the hell? So it's a little weird, and the company is like going public and five years or something uh which is pretty fast but at the same time they're not offering any voting rights so i'm really wondering what the value of these stocks will be i mean granted it gives more power to the founders and then the original investors that have the uh, more influence so that we wouldn't have any activist you know uh, firms that could just like come in and do hostile takeover or some shit and then say yeah, yeah, kick all the CEOs out kick all the board members out but I don't know and then uh, their revenue right now they're at a loss they're operating at a loss at hundreds of millions of dollars which is not a surprise they got to spend a lot of money they're raising more money now to make it stable hire more people get more content creators and publishers to you know grow the snapchat a little bit but I don't know. So the pattern looks more like Twitter. So that's a little alarming. There's no voting power to it. I mean, one good thing that uh, Snap Inc. is doing is like working on their hardware side too, like spectacles, you know, the glass, the Google Glass looking like thing. Although I don't know how much of that is going to really take off. You know, we're not in the gadget world anymore. So let's see how it goes. And then uh, so because of that, I said, I'm going to give this a couple more quarters and see where the company's going. And then, you know, initially when the startups go public, you know, it's really volatile price-wise. First day, it might peak up, and then, like, it might dip a little bit, and then it stabilizes, and then once the company figures out its identity and then figure out the revenue stream with a, you know, reasonable profit and all that, and then it starts growing, 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 like what Facebook did, Netflix did. Snapchat hasn't, uh, not Snapchat, Twitter hasn't really done that. They, they haven't really monetized their service a little bit and improved their service, uh, which I talked about in the past, so which is why their prices are kind of, like, floundering. So, yeah, Snap. My evaluation, hold, but and uh, keep an eye on it. So the, the current speculation is 15 to $16 a share, uh, and then valuing the company at $22 billion or something. They want to raise like $3, $4 billion, okay? So there's Snapchat. Now, speaking of the similar social media platform, Twitter. Uh, I've talked about this many times. Sell right now. Uh, I sold my shares at a loss. I lost my chance in the acquisition rumors and all of that. 
and then um, i think the prices are tanking right now i don't know how better the product is getting to be honest i think it's too late so twitter sell the other one facebook um their value has been really going up a lot they're making a lot of money and then obviously that's all in the ad dollars the integrated ads on all that all that stuff um although facebook has warned the investors in their calls the last uh third quarter earnings um la late last year said that you know this kind of ad growth is not going to be continuous so they'll have to look for other avenues to grow like their live video content creation advertisements there instead of uh, just some sponsored posts that you see on your facebook wall or the news feed and then they're also investing in things like oculus the virtual reality although i believe in augmented reality more you know oculus has been uh, been going they're kind of leading that effort they bought that company for a billion dollars a couple years back samsung you know the company i work for right now they've been providing hardware and manufacturing effort there so it's going and then also whatsapp and instagram they're owned by facebook people forget that and whatsapp has a lot of users especially in india and europe and instagram that's a global photo platform you know and then instagram has taken a lot of the snapchat ideas with the instagram story which i actually like a lot to be honest so um uh i think it's it's a company that's going to ev eventually pay dividends um which google hasn't done amazon hasn't done either but i think it's a it's a media platform that we should look forward to with the uh, different investments they're making they obviously learn to grow after some initial bumps and all that stuff uh so they're at like 136 135 dollars right now they started at what 47 dollars the first day and then it dipped to 34 dollars and then uh, you know looking back you know the company grew it figured itself out so it's a behemoth of a company i think it's a that's a long-term hold so um i say like a price target how do i measure that i just guesstimate um but you know i'm i'm giving facebook a long-term run you know it could be the next google it could be the next microsoft who the hell knows they might split the stock at some point a few years down the road make it look like 70 dollars a share when it should be 40 140 something like that you know apple split its stock like seven times or something something ridiculous um so i'm gonna say if you have the stock right now hold i don't know what the future holds right now <clears throat> with the immigration policy and technology all that stuff so i i don't know if i can fully say go buy and then unless you're expecting it to unless you're like really gambling and decide to take a risk and make it go like oh my god it'll be 200 dollars at some point if you're willing to look towards that sure go buy but i i'll say whole for the future uh speaking of the future and then the, one of the valued technology companies apple um I think their value is at like what $137 a share right now. That got split seven times before into seven a couple of years back. So this thing is like really like a thousand a thousand dollar level from a couple of years ago. Uh the most valuable company in the world. I'm not surprised. Uh then their last uh year end sales numbers are really, really good. They shipped like seventy five million iPhones which is ridiculous amount um given that how people bitched about how iphone 7 isn't that great it's not anything new from iphone 6 and success but then the camera on 7s uh 7 plus has been great and then uh, people are expecting big things uh with the iphone 8 or iphone 10th anniversary edition iphone x or whatever that's coming out uh, although i have my own view on what that phone's gonna look like and then you know I, I think that thing's gonna sell finally we're gonna have a design overhaul after three years 
and then the company is selling really well uh smartphone business they're still they're still good revenue wise um so i'll say i'll give it a year but um i think um i'm giving another i'm giving through the this holiday season to see that how that iphone sales go but i think it the price is going to go up so if you're willing to take 10 to 20 dollar gain at best right now uh go buy if you want to just you know if that's your end game however i wouldn't i would advise against just go buying in it too like facebook because of the uncertainty with the border tax i don't know what the hell trump's doing tax wise immigration wise because of that i don't know how that's gonna ever affect it into the apple research and then the manufacturing going forward so give it a year but if you don't want to wait and look for the iphone sales sure go ahead and buy um i think it's a reliable pick i don't think price is gonna tank anytime soon so buy if you want um i'm holding on to mine i'm not buying anymore it's a little pricey right now okay switching gears a little bit starbucks um howard schultz the uh long time ceo not the founder he bought the company from three people and then he decided to turn it into this italian coffee whatever bistro shit um and then the people who originally started the starbucks eventually started pete's coffee which is a better coffee by the way but you know they started it too late after starbucks kind of picked off um it's at like what 56 dollars right now a share uh it's kind of at the all-time high level it was at like 60 something dollars a couple of years ago and then it dipped a little bit they struggle um it's the thing i'll say about starbucks is a little bit opposite of mcdonald's so mcdonald's if you see like they're trying to get into mac cafe business and all that and reliable food and mcdonald's also has a lot of real estate because you know mcdonald's stores are by themselves and then they're trying to get healthy food and then starbucks food is always solid they had the breakfast thing a couple like seven eight years ago but then they canceled it um i always like enjoy the starbucks uh food the experience and all that and then the their key focus right now is the same store sales in the u.s and also the international expansion uh they're closing a lot of stores too in the u.s i don't think they can build any more stores they're closing some of the stores that are low performing um and then uh for internationally i believe in the international expansion because i saw it firsthand last year in europe and germany and uh, austria and also japan korea canada uh starbucks is really picking up they used to be like number three or four but now they're like challenging tim hortons the best way possible so i i i believe in the international expansion i know their goal is to open like what two thousand stores every day every month or something in china so china is the mainland china is the market they want to tackle um you know they're not gonna open it in russia i don't understand trump's obsession with russia anyways so that is the main focus and also in the u.s they're trying i think it's a brand that's be trying to translate it itself into a restaurant just as a food brand not just a coffee brand you know they have a lot of reserve stores if you haven't heard that's where they serve you beer wine more like exquisite food and all that stuff and howard schultz he's going to retire from the day-to-day -day ceo operation of the coffee business but he said he's gonna focus on you know this uh, roadmap stuff like the reserve business how's that gonna go i don't know do they have a lot of real estate compared to mcdonald's no not really because they rent a lot of spaces and retails and malls and you know underneath the condo apartment that kind of should right so they don't have a lot of real estate like mcdonald's but at the same time their business is good they're reliable unlike chipotle who get like novo virus or some shit so uh i don't know about their value right now though i think they're strictly on the coffee business has peaked but their investment in reserve stores going into more restaurant focused business international expansion 
and also in technology and their app development and then the all those i think it's very promising but i wouldn't put it into a tech level kind of growth i don't know how much it can grow so i don't know i'll sell when it reaches a point that i feel comfortable 60 dollars. i don't know something like that so uh there's that another one probably the best performing stock since the uh, economic downturn which is home depot uh home depot has been growing ever since 2008 people go why the fuck and then turns out a lot of people don't go out and buy homes right since the housing crisis so they decide to just fix it up paint whatever replace the carpet redo the curtain and all that stuff and that obviously is all and then oh i need also need the tools like a drill or something so that obviously has become a big business for home depot the last 10 years or so so uh home depot lows all those guys really had a good run but i don't know is this gonna continue are people gonna continue to go to home depot yeah there are a lot of people at fucking home depot but i don't know i don't go to home depot every now and then and then you know so people expect things to kind of slow down a little bit last 10 years was good uh, a lot of contractors go and pick up you know materials and building supplies you know, people make a joke like uh, Trump's going to build a wall. How many times are you going to have to go to Home Depot to pick up the paint and then the whatever fucking all that shit. But uh, I think Home Depot is kind of peaking a little bit. It's a little volatile in their 140 something dollar range right now. It's kind of going up and down like 141, 145, blah, 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 all that stuff. So I, I think time has come. If you have invested in Home Depot the last 10 years great also starbucks great that was like eight dollars 10 years ago now it's 56 home depot was like ten dollars or some shit and then now it's 140 congratulations uh i think it's time to sell um would i buy more no i don't know how the housing market's gonna go i don't know how the the housing repair business is gonna go either i a lot of people picked housing prices picked up in a lot of urban areas urban uh like chicago new york la san francisco seattle dallas austin uh, but then a lot of rent has kind of stopped growing and then some of the housing uh sales has kind of peaked a little bit and then the interest rates going up which means the mortgage rates are going up so less people are going to go about but go out and buy houses and renovate and all that so don't know a little bit unpredictable sell home depot you had a good run uh another one sports apparel so i decided to gamble on nike and under armor clearly a mistake because i lost money on under armor significantly although i didn't lose to a level that some people bought it at like 80 dollars when it was like a hundred dollars a couple of years ago three years ago and then it tanked to like 43 dollars one day uh, i got it at like 30 or something in that range including the commission and then i was you know under Armour, I'll tech, tackle this a little bit. I thought Under Armour was going to recover, given how the... I, I thought they had the founder's mentality with that company. Kevin Plank, the CEO, is still there. Although he sold a lot of shares, which spooked a lot of investors. And then they've been going into where Nike was two, three years ago with more technology investment, partnering with HTC, which is going shit, by the way. Um, and then... You know, I thought they were going great. And then the branding with their roster with like Steph Curry, Bryce Harper, uh, George St. Pierre, Tom Brady, Julio Jones, Andy Murray. I was like, Jordan Spieth, all these guys are like fucking stacked compared to Nike roster. Then 2016 hit and then all of them sucked. You know, Bryce Harper was injured, couldn't come to his 2015 form. Jordan Spieth choked. Andy Murray did all right, but then he fucking choked in the Australian Open. 
Tottenham Hotspur is a sponsor too. And then like Tottenham never fucking wins because it's Chelsea and Leicester City last year. And then Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Ah, fuck those schools. They don't ever win. So their roster suffered greatly. George St. Pierre didn't fight either. And then other thing that's a big thing right now in the sports apparel is athleisure. That fucking little lemon pants, the yoga pants, and then the, you know, one of those, like the, whatchamacallit. Oh, go straight from gym to work in your same attire. And then Under Armour doesn't clearly have any of that clothes. So, like, I go to their website and I go, like, okay, what is their design? Do they have a cool-looking design that I can just casually wear? No, the first thing they show is a $99 sleepwear with Tom Brady's picture on. And I'm like... Fucking, I'm not going to wear a pajama to work. It's so fucking stupid. And then I look at the rest of their clothes, and it's like, dude, I'm not wearing some champion pants going to work. This is so stupid. And then the Steph Curry shoes have been shit. I saw one of the SC30 shoes when I was in San Francisco a month and a half ago, and I didn't understand the material. It looks nice on a photo, but when I try to wear it, it's like a fucking plexiglass, like acrylic, whatever shit, not a fabric. And I was like, who the fuck is going to wear this shit? This is not cool. This is not a collector's item. This is stupid. So... Also, another thing is uh, sports, sports Authority went bankrupt last year, which was like a 30% of the Under Armour revenue or some shit. So that obviously hit, but then Under Armour has been like telling people outside, like, you know, like our direct sales is, has been pretty good. So I thought they're going to weigh this storm and then like they're going to be okay. Uh, guess what? They really suffered. They were promising 20% growth and they only grew 10%. So half of what they were projecting, and then they expect a slower growth and all that. So the price tanked like $28 to $20 that one day, and then I lost all my money. And then I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Then the, no way it's going to recover $10, like $10 a share immediately. So I sold the majority of the shares, and then I decided to reinvest, and I was like, fuck it. At least I didn't feel that $83 to $43 hit. But yeah, so... Yeah, there was that. Um, so Under Armour got a lot of work to do. I, I think I held on to a very small number of shares in case something happens and make up for the loss. One day, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know. You know, you guys figure it out. So there's that. Oh, Nike. I think Nike has had a bad two years, um, but I think their design and all that is much better. They clearly left the equipment business like the golf club and all that stuff. Um... I like their design better, but then I really don't think people buy Nike. And then if you look at their sneaker business, if you want to get into it, they're just recycling all the ni- all the old Air Jordans from 1990s. And I'm like, what the fuck? They don't have a new design. No one's buying Kevin Durant. No one's buying LeBron. Kobe's were popular 15 years ago, but then like no one, Kobe doesn't do shit anymore. So I'm like, what the fuck am I going to buy? And then uh, I, I'm a Nike boy. I'm a Nike fanboy, but then... uh. They got to step up a little bit because the Yeezys and then Adidas has done really, really well. And then Adidas designs are still really good. Their logo and then their hipster retro f- design is more casual than the Nike. The swoosh logo doesn't really work. Nike letterheads don't really work in a casual environment. I think they need to change something. I know they own Hurley for the borders, skateboarders out there. And then the Converse for the traditional shoe wearers. But they're not an apparel business. They're still shoe business. But at the same time, I believe in Nike. They pay, they pay decent dividends. It's a big enough company. They're still the number one shoe company in the world. I think Adidas has reached the fad a little bit with Izzy and then Kanye. So um, I think Adidas is going to die down too. Um, 
Then Nike obviously has the basketball market. They're trying to, you know, expand upon the European soccer market too, which Adidas has a lot of. Under Armour, they gotta work on that. Going back to that a little bit, they need to get out there in the world. You know, they gotta they gotta sponsor more international things and get international athletes. Like Andy Murray's not enough. Get get some get some other athlete. Get some other UFC fighter in South America. Get one of those Brazilians or Europeans or something. I don't know Conor McGregor, Under Armour, and then get that European market right there. You know, do some shit like that. Uh, so yeah, there is a sports apparel business. So Nike, uh, I mean, I would buy if you want to give it a long-term game. They they're cutting a lot of cost. I know they're expecting clothes not to sell as much, but their shoe business is solid. I think they're gonna be okay. I think they're gonna recover in their price in the long run in the two three years. Under Armour, sell, 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 sell. Um. So there's that. Uh, I don't wanna. I there's another. I don't wanna talk about this company. It's a that's a little too deep dive into technical stuff. So um, I wanna keep this thing short. Thirty minutes. Back to the regular programming a little bit. So what's your what what is it? What is your advice? Again, disclaimer. I'm a moron. I'm not a financial investor. I'm not anything. However, uh, my advice: retail too high risk like tj maxx walmart all those guys amazon is pretty solid because it's not just a retail online retail company walmart's focusing on their effort a lot in online sales e-commerce but however retail just in general like tj maxx macy's and all those guys uh i think border tax is going to affect them a lot with the whatever proposed trump border tax so if you don't know any good that's made out of outside the u.s is going to be taxed at like suppose 20 30 percent cost now you think that's easy if it's made in China, made in Bangladesh, you just tax it and then, you know, it will obviously raise the prices of goods like t-shirts and shoes and like underwear or some shit. At the same time, this border tax is hella confusing if you look at something like a car or like a phone. Okay, even if you assemble the car or a phone in America, the parts come from other parts of the world like China, Vietnam and all these places. Seatbelt is made in Mexico, airbag is made in Japan. But the steering wheel is made in Canada, but the seat and then the body is made in U.S. How would you calculate that cost? I would. How would you calculate the tax on that thing? Nobody fucking knows. Trump hasn't proposed the specifics to it. He just may throw, you know, the the talking points to tax the shit out of all the foreign, you know, all the thing. China, they're stealing from us. Mexico, greatest rivalry. NAFTA is evil. Yeah, get to the specifics. So right now, the market has gotten a Trump bump because, you know, people are expecting tax cuts and re- less regulation. But when the specifics come to head, I'm sure we'll see the volatile times, especially through the retail market, oil and gas too. You know, people think everyone's going to drill left and right. But then again, we have over, you know, abundant supplies of uh, what you might call it, oil. So the prices aren't exactly picking up. Not everybody's fracking either. So, you know, there are a lot of uncertainty out there. And then how is it going to go in Europe with the elections? And then how is that going to affect the trade deals and then uh, foreign policies going forward? So it's a little bit of a high point right now in the market. But still, the United States is a very comfortable market compared to Latin America and Europe. So I would advise that uh, stay in U.S., but stay away from uh, energy and retail for a little bit. Technology... It's kind of down a little bit because of uncertainty with immigration and, you know, Trump being an idiot with technology, you know. So maybe there's a chance there. The snap going public is going to start, you know, 
producing all the new companies going into the stock market like Uber maybe next year, a couple of years from now. Airbnb, I think they're going to go this year. Then a lot of other companies and then a lot of IPOs. Um, health industry, don't know. Repeal Obamacare. You know, as soon as Trump opens them out, pharmaceutical companies are getting away with murder. Then fucking 10% sinks immediately. I'm sure the algorithms are doing this, not the people. Because, like, whatever hashtag, whatever word that comes out of that guy's mouth is going to cause machine to go, oh, oh, sell, sell, abort, abort. So, a healthcare industry in general, whatever research, pharmaceutical companies, hospitals, uh, insurance companies like Aetna or something, very unpredictable. So, uh, but then, you know, repealing Obamacare is going to take, like, two, three years if they start doing that. Therefore, we don't know the exact consequence in the end. But um, it's going to be volatile. A lot of industries are going to be volatile. In my opinion, so a lot of people are gambling on certain segments like the gold, uh, the, the the contractors like Lockheed Martin and all those guys. Telecommunications, you know, they're they're always in good bed with the uh, what you might call it, the government. So uh, they think less regulation is gonna help. And then Trump obviously says a lot of shit. FCC is really favorable right now to the companies, Republican Indian dudes in, you know, undo neutrality and all that. So uh, stay away, stay away from retail. Uh, a lot of the value that we see right now is a consumer confidence that we saw with our whole holiday shopping. All of you felt good, so I'm sure you bought some shit. I bought a lot of shit. I travel a lot too. So there's that. So my advice is stay away from uh, spending segments and then, you know, and then uh, focus on research uh, and then the material companies and then the health companies, very risky. Financial institutions, I'm sure they'll have a field day. Their prices already went up, so I, but I don't know how much more they can go up. Um, energy sectors, don't know. Let's see. We, oil prices aren't going up to a point that you know it encourages you to, to jump in at the moment. And at the same time, they're not. Their prices aren't low enough for you to jump in. And then also, my advice. Read the news, read the politics, read the tax policies, read the proposals, you know, just a little bit. All the fake news out there, you know, just read Washington Post, New York Times, New Yorker, all that shit. And then, uh, you know, or whatever libertarian website you read, you know, to, to see different perspective. And then, um, yeah, just and then use the product, walk into a store, consume, experience. Then you decide for yourself, boy, do I want, do I think this company or this store is going to grow any further? Is this brand something to look out for? Is Burger King going to compete against Wendy's? Is Wendy's, and then the, all that is going to be good enough. Popeye's is really good. Maybe they'll get acquired by somebody. And they did. Burger King, the company bought Popeye's, and then everybody's price went up. You know, all that stuff. Just as you consume, just think about it. That would be my advice. Instead of just consuming and sitting there. You know, think about it. Like, do I see this thing being here 10 years from now? Like Netflix. Wow, did you expect Netflix to pick up a Will Smith movie? And then a Martin Scorsese movie with Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci in it? Jesus. So they just announced that. So Netflix is going to be a long-term company too. Amazon, I think that's a long-term company. Facebook too. Uh, so I don't know. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, I'll have a travel log of the California trip next week. And then, uh, you know, subscribe. Thanks for listening. I'm going to keep this one short on iTunes. Uh, A show with a thumbs up. 
Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, uh, what's it, Stitcher, and then a SoundCloud that I'm uploading this thing. You know, and then share your investing advice or like share your thoughts on how you want to start. I obviously haven't gone through exact terms and terminologies and all that. Maybe I'll go through that at some point in the episode. I don't want to spend too much time on it. That's going to take an hour, hour and a half. Maybe I'll have a guest who's like thinking about starting investing or who just started investing and we just talk about, you know, how they get started and all that. All right, so uh, I'll leave it at that. That's my very quick Sparks Notes version of the companies to pick in stock and tax advice, if there's any advice in it. Disclaimer again, post-disclaimer, I'm a moron, so I'm not your fiduciary, any of that. So whatever I said, it's just the shit I'm thinking in my head and just shit I've been doing. And then um, I did all right, you know, so I got a lot of tax, you know, reduced, tax return reduced because I made some money, but then, you know. All that stuff. It's all right. It's all fun and games. It's a, it's part of adulting life. Okay, so there you go. Thanks for listening, and I'll check back next week. Have a great start to March. <laughs>